<laughs> Look at us. Whoa! Solving problems. Solving One problems. Problem Left, right, putting out fires. You should call Anything. me a firefighter right now. I'm you a firefighter, what? TK. I never wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be, you know what I wanted to be? I wanted to be a firefighter. Well, go ahead. Did you want to be a firefighter? Yep. No After way. high school, I went to Seneca Fire Protection. And then I said, no thanks. Sign me up for real estate. And at 19 years old, I signed up for my real estate course because that's what I was supposed to do. That's what butlers do, damn it. Damn it. Damn it, that's uh, what um, butlers do. On Twitter now. I know. I see what I was like one of your first followers. No, you're amazing. I... I'm amazing. Yeah, but it's incredible. Like the type of people, like people really hate realtors. Some people hate you, realtors. Yeah, not a lot. Not, everyone, not, but... not me. I don't hate no, realtors. But I there, love realtors. There is some hater raid on Twitter. Like, I mean, in the comments, we got a little bit of it. Actually, I commented on another agent's video and I was just commenting because I'm here to support people. And uh, the comments, someone responded to my comments saying this and that. And then I looked at the other comments and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like these are really negative. And Twitter's really negative too. You really have to uh, learn how to, how, to, how to be on Twitter. I, I, unfortunately, as I do in most things, I learned the hard way. Yeah. I, I learned by, you know, getting slammed around in a cage match on there. You you handle it with grace. Why do people <laughs> why do people not like not like realtors, Joe? Tell me. Why do they not like realtors? Well, yep. that's a really good question. So there are reasons. I'll give you a few reasons that I can think of. Yep. Let's get down to the bottom of it. Well, I think one, I mean, they make a lot of money. So anybody that makes a lot of money <clears throat> instantly gets Who a, makes a, a lot of money. Realtors. I mean, that's oh, the perception. No, most okay. most actually don't make okay. anything. Okay, good. But but we we listen. They're not only in social media, but regular media, TV shows, and each individual realtor on their own. As most realtors feel the need to build up an image for themselves that they are super successful, regardless of whether or not they are or aren't. Right. Mm. So. When they pull up in their Mercedes or they pull up in their Porsche or they pull up in their whatever the hell, right? Because they're all trying to portray this image. Yeah. Not too many show up in like a, a Corolla. And if they do, then you start to wonder like, why the hell is my agent in a Corolla? Like, so, right? So, so, but that's one thing. We all okay. think you guys make too much money on the purchase of our homes. Okay. Yeah. So that it's, it's whether it's right or wrong. Okay. Yeah. You, you may debunk. Them, do you want to debunk them one at a well, time? Well, let's go with that first one, the car vehicle. So when they say that real estate agents control bidding wars and we control prices and we control... You didn't even let me know, get to those. No, I'm, on I'm the just, list. I'm just saying, when they say that, I'm 100% sure we don't. Because if we did, we'd always make it go our way. It's the buyers who dictate that. That's the market. The the car, yeah. the car thing. If a, realtor, if a realtor doesn't drive a nice car, people won't want to use that person or their perception will be that person's not successful. That's the truth. Do you remember people, what I said to you one some, day? Some people. Then if you do get a car, they say, oh my God, look at him. He's got a luxury vehicle. I can't believe it. What a piece of work he is. It's the market. It's, it's not just the, the market. It's the market. market. Anyways, go ahead. Let's go. Well, okay. So, so also I think a lot of realtors currently, especially are giving information or opinions that they necessarily shouldn't be while simultaneously saying like why are you listening to me my job is just to present the facts to you and you make a transaction and i'm here to just facilitate it that's a very small subsection no, of realtors that you're not. exposed to maybe, maybe all I'm the ones on twitter but not every realtor's okay, on twitter so, so so people think uh what about like when you double end a deal and control the bidding war. 
<laughs> Why are you laughing, you evil, because, evil realtor? Because who? <laughs> if we could control it, we would always make it go our way. It doesn't always go our way. The what does buyers that mean? What does that mean? The, buy the buyers decide if they all want to compete or not. The buyers decide if they want to have multiple representation or not, which I don't agree with, but it happens. The buyers decide if they want to pay a certain price or not. No realtors got that power to just go around waving a wand saying, you buyer is going to pay X and you three buyers, you're all going to compete because this is the best listing. What about, what about, what about I'm not showing this one because my buyer, I want a double end listing. I have a buyer. I'm not going to present all these offers here. This is small subsection of realtors. Yes, there's unethical realtors. That happens, right? There's unethical plumbers. There's unethical engineers. There's unethical uh, ferry drivers. They let their friends on ferry drivers are really friends on for free in the real estate market, aren't they? Yeah, fucking ferry drivers. Anyways, let's not get too deep into it. Well, listen, the main thing is this: you guys are responsible for inflation. This episode is brought to you by Landlord. This landlord software is a game changer. You upload your properties, right? You upload all the information, income, expenses, timelines, mortgage details, everything that you need to have so that you keep track of everything in your portfolio. And as you go through real-time adjustments in, you know, rent increases and uh, water bills and, and tax bills and everything else, they're going to actually give you recommendations on how to make your portfolio more efficient. And it just breaks everything down for me in a way that I've never seen before. Like Excel spreadsheets just don't cut it. I don't think there's a better program or app out there for investors and it's free. Please click the link below for your free trial offer. I hear the hate. I get it why people about the money part because yeah, you guys are there, pumpers. Are, there are some You're pumpers. There, there's a lot of agents who are who are overpaid for what they do and what they know and what where they come from and whatever else, right? There's definitely a lot of agents that are overpaid for the actual service that they provide. Overall average though, agents don't make any more money than than any average job. If you if you averaged out agents income, it's always around 50k or something like that a year. You know, it's a pretty 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 basic job. Yeah, listen. It's an easy finger. It's like an easy target to point a finger at. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? There are people who are not supposed to be realtors and there's also a ton of good realtors. I've met so many fantastic professionals over the years who do fantastic jobs, who care so much about their clients, who make a reasonable income, nothing, nothing crazy. And they're, you know, they're a valuable service to, to, to the public. So, That's so what, it exists. What? Like there's a ton of them out there. So when you guys have like your weekly meetings and you guys are yeah. like talking to each other and telling each other stories about what's going on, like how often is the conversation about like this awesome realtor I just work with versus, and like, you should have seen this clown I'm dealing with on this deal, like the paperwork. I can't even believe like what this guy, you know, the old saying, right? If you do a good job, right. They'll tell one person. If you do a bad job, they'll tell 10 people. Right. Yeah, so I think yeah. that that's probably true. So, yeah, you're right. I hear more about, well, you know, I was dealing with this problem or that problem. But at the end of the day, things are. Uh, things are a lot, mostly good. Most, most Wouldn't it be amazing good. if you could choose who the other realtor would be that you got to work with? I guess that's never going to happen. Not never going to happen. Never so what's going happen. What's going on out there? We got what do we what there's we a lot off? going on out what there. But I wanted off today with Daryl. What's going on? Well, I wanted to ask you, like, there's a few people out there that are actually posting videos and, and and tweeting out comments about things maybe looking up over the last week. Uh, mm -hmm. I heard Mr. Sessa was saying showings were picking up and offers were picking up and numbers in some areas were picking up. Let's just say this. There are a ton of people who want to buy houses they're dying to buy houses. They they need a place to live. <laughs> they can only hold on for so long, right? Yes, prices are going down. Yes, but people still need a place to live. So it shouldn't be a shock that anybody's buying in this market. No, okay? there's there's a lot, but there is considerably less than absolutely forty seven percent less in July compared to last year. I mean, and the July numbers were really low. I mean, it's been years. Like uh, I think it was. 20 years or something like that since we had a July that slow. Yeah, there's been yeah. a lot of 20-year uh, records lately in the last few months. 
decline after decline after decline. Um, but I mean, I guess that's not uh, news anymore, right? No, I mean, it is what it is. The, We're the all stats, expecting the stats it. That's... came in. We all expected it. One big thing is is also luxury markets are hit harder. So any of those average prices, you have to be very, very careful of. Because if you go and you look at the TREB HPI, right? Um, sorry, I didn't, I didn't have the exact number. I'll pull it up in a second. When you look at the, the TREB HPI, which is the first one. So the MLS Home Price Index Composite Benchmark was up 12.9% year over year. Up 12.9%. The average price is only up 1.2% or something. Okay. So the luxury houses have been taken out of the equation, further driving down average price. So it's not, you know, as bad as it, it, it's still not great. Right. We were starting to see that composite price at 28, 29% year over year in the earlier part of this year. So that growth is slowed down, but there is a case to say that your house is worth more today than it was a year, a year ago. Right. In some areas, there's definitely areas where that's not true. Now, condos, today, that's definitely true. Condos today, is definitely, they're definitely up. H HPI is definitely up. It's pretty crazy though. Like there's, there's some interesting numbers within the numbers in the last month. Like there is, I mean, uh, townhouses and condos and semis, all average price went up. Right. I mean, I don't know why we're even talking about year over year numbers right now. They're so meaningless, especially this year versus last year of all years. It's like the oh. dumbest shit ever. Now, funny f funny enough, as I'm looking at the TREB numbers, because I figured we were going to talk about that today. Yeah. I'm looking at them going like, man, somebody's got to like do month over month numbers. Hang on. Somebody's got to be doing month over month numbers. There are way better sites to look at the Toronto real estate numbers or actually anywhere in Canada's numbers than any of these real estate boards, uh, yeah. services and, yeah. and releases. It's pretty pathetic actually. Yeah. But, but what's interesting is that there's a segments of the market going up and segments going down. And then even as you filter deeper into like the specific areas or zones, like CO1, uh, for example, or whatever, there's yeah. a lot of them actually going up, which is yeah. pretty crazy. What's yeah. going on? Again, each market is always going to be dependent on supply and demand. So you don't you have people who are shifting that demand around, and in those nine oh five areas, the demand weakened. All these people who were thinking about moving out of the city or wanted to move out of the city, or they thought they could only afford to be in Oshawa, now they can go to Scarborough or you know whatever the case may be. Honestly, majority of the buyers I'm working with right now couldn't afford to be in the market when I was. Uh, when the market was hot, sorry. Like they might have had a budget. Some of them are big budgets, but the type of house that they want wasn't in their budget. But that's so based like, on now, purchase price. What about actual a, payment? I understand, but there's down payment requirements that are that are a little bit different. Like one, one of them, like full disclosure, there's uh like it's a cash buyer, right? It's family money. And then there's like loan, bank of mom and dad's coming in to help, right? Um, another one is... Um, um, money from a, from a corporation and stuff like that. So they got, you know, a certain amount of down payment and it's a, it's a big down payment. So, you know, again, the, the, the son only wants to have so much mortgage to be able to handle. Um, another one is, you know, different, different types of housing and stuff like that. Just were in their price point again, down payments, a big one, right? There's people who have 5% down, right. That they can get, that they can get a mortgage and that they can qualify their high income, low down payment. Right. So those people exist. I'm not saying that I have any of those, but that's an, an example of people who are coming to the market and that they they weren't able to afford it before. And so, yeah, maybe their payments are a little bit higher, but now their down payment will actually qualify for the type of property they want. So anyways, long story short. But are we is, picking up in pace? Then, then, then you have all these people who psychologically didn't want to get into the market because of that. There's people who do not want to compete. They do not want to. I have a buyer like that. He's another cash buyer, but still he's like, um, I don't want to compete. And so I don't want to do bidding wars. And we've been doing this for like three years and it's like, I get it. Right. And, um, finally, you know, one, one that he likes, he goes, he goes, if, if I can get it for asking, I'll take it. Right. And I'm like, Oh good. You know, let's, let's, let's figure it out. And sure enough, another offer came in and he said, you know what? I'm not competing. I refuse. And I went over all the, you know, pros and cons of this and that. 
Did it go under sold, asking? The, pro the property sold for asking. Oh, so it was it was maybe an opportunity that, you know, could have could have been had. But it is what it is. You know, you got there's psychological blocks that people have on competing and stuff like that. And, you know, you deal you deal with people. I mean, I I really am good at keeping myself out of it for the most part. That's that's the that's the main goal here it has nothing to do with me. The decisions that people make, whether they want to buy or sell, it, it has nothing to do with me. And as long I'm as they want to, they buy, they buy it. Are we are we busier in the last week? Um, or is it the same? Yeah, well, I think it's the same. Just right. and it depends on the product I'm selling. Like I had a couple listings that were really busy over the last couple of weeks, so that was more activity on my showings. I put one up this week. I got four showings right away in Thornhill, um, Royal Orchard, and uh, but like a couple of weeks ago, you guys were all saying, you know, it's like crickets out there. You don't even get a showing. It's like crazy, and now. I You're still have some of those listings. Right away. I, I still have some of those listings yesterday? too. It's pricing, it's area. You know, there's some of the properties that you know are, are on at prices from the past that aren't going to sell. Or sellers. Are, more I took realistic? some grief. I, I took some grief, a little bit of grief on Twitter about how to how to sell your home in in this market. You'd be the best deal on the block. Well, yeah, because and you know what? Let's go I, over that. Well, Nasma also said the the best strategy is to be the lowest price right now. Yeah. So think well, about okay. it. If we're, Great. if we know, so 6% loss in the month of July, let's assume that we're going to have another 5% loss in the month of August. And you really want your million dollars. You think, man, million dollars. Oh, 5% a month losses we're talking about. This is crazyville, man. Great. So you think a million to all my neighbors have sold for a million. It's got to be worth a million. Everyone, every realtor who's come in here said it's a million. Fantastic. But if you listed out a million and there's only one buyer, and two of your other neighbors with the same house also list at a million. Only one of you is going to sell. And by the time that one buyer buys and the next buyer comes in, it's going to be at 950. And then when all three of those sellers decide to list and they all go, Ooh, let's go 950. That's the price now. Now there's three offers and only one buyer, three listings and only one buyer, 950. And guess what happens the next month? 900. So yeah, it stings to know that you could have got a million and that maybe even some of the data supports a million. But if you just listed a 950 and you get it sold, you know that your neighbors aren't going to get more because you got the only buyer in the neighborhood. He came to you. He bought your property. There was only one. Those other two will end up dropping it to 950 and another two listings will come up. Now there's four, only one buyer again. One of those guys will also get 950, but the next guy is going to have to take 900. And you're going to okay. be sitting pretty saying, man, I'm glad I went for 950. And when that deal closes and your property's worth 875, just like the buyers who bought for 875 and it ended up being worth 950 by the time they moved in in February, you know, moved in in May or bad example, December and February, yeah. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to, they're going to say, wow, I made a really good decision because the market's gone in my favor, which is in the, in the, in the downward market for the sellers, the market's now going down. And that closing date price is lower than they actually got. And they feel really good. It's called delayed gratification. Okay, That's so hold on a second. But there's a lot of people and there's an, mm -hmm. there was actually an article talking about it. More homeowners canceling listings, turning homes into rentals as housing market cools. We also actually see in the numbers from month to month numbers, active listings going down from month to month. Which yeah. is an interesting thing in a market like this. Like we would all expect active listings to be going bananas, right? Not a good time so, to sell. So people who aren't don't serious have to sell aren't, yeah. aren't going on the market. Mm -hmm. So 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 I mean, we see this interesting pullback in residential homeowners going, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not selling in this market. I'm gonna wait. Uh -huh. Let's see what happens. You have the number is now up to 10. Thousand new units put on hold by new home builders, right? Mm. And developers. So everybody is like, you know what? I don't need to sell. Fuck this shit. I gotta, I'm okay right now. It would have been nice maybe if I had a little more, but like, I'm okay. Let's just, everybody's got the brakes put on. Meanwhile, there's still like 35, 3,600 sales in the GTA. I mean, that's not. Like if you look at other markets, it's a, it's a rip roaring market. Forget about in Canada, even some big cities in the United States and Europe, like it's a rip roaring market. 
which is crazy, which people are going to freak out on me for saying that, I'm sure, because it's not. You mean prices aren't going to go down 50%? Can you believe people are waiting like 19 days on average now to sell their house? Like these people oh must like gosh. not be sleeping for almost You mean they have to take weeks. under asking? Under asking. Okay, so here, that's great that you said that. And maybe your whole starting thing was in re retaliation to the tweet that I put out. Maybe it's not. Yeah. But an issue that I personally have, and maybe maybe I'm out to lunch, but like when a realtor says, you know what, like market's crap, like I think you should take this thing. I know it's less than you wanted and I know it's under asking in my head where I go and what I tweeted about uh, yesterday, I think it was, is like if I, if I lose $100,000 or if I take 100000 less than I wanted or needed in order to get where I wanted to get or get what I wanted to get, the, the realtor, the effect to the realtor is like 1600 bucks after he pays his splits and his commissions and whatever's right. And I just took a hundred thousand dollar hit. So, so like, is the advice coming from a place of best interest for the client? Like, is there another offer out there for more than that? that offer or is it a, is it a, like a pro are you frozen is it a program scare tactic <laughs> how, how like is you, this something you guys practice at the frank leo institute of sales and of technology sales strategy and technology right? yeah just um, tell them it's they're never going to get another offer like this man and the market's going to shit they should take it now this is I mean, my it, advice it's, it's a really it it's now. a really it's a really good question and so something my dad always taught me actually um Right. Is because this is a this is a hard thing for a real estate agent when you've got the property listed at a million bucks and that offer comes in at 850 and it's been 60 days and you've had all the feedback. And it's the only offer you've had. And that buyer said, you're, you know, you're, you're, but if you're, you had not, no not, other not, listings too, what if it was your only forget listing? that, forget that. that, that shouldn't be a part of the equation. But my dad always said to me, you know, whenever I, cause I'd get to those situations and I call him up and say, you know, geez, they're only willing to pay X. Hopefully it was 150 K under, but he'd always say, do you honestly believe that that's a fair and reasonable offer? Right. And if my answer was no, I think we can get more based on that than the other. He says, you know, then tell the other agent that, you know, this is what it is and move on. And if I'm like, yeah, it's, that is a fair reason. Well, the buyer is being fair and reasonable. The sellers aren't, then it's like you, then you better go and tell the sellers. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're making the wrong decision. Right. And um, so how I do that is, is three ways. So the first one is I look at uh, when that buyer comes, is this the most that that buyer? So after negotiations, is this buyer maxed out? So have we push this buyer as much as possible so we know that that's the most amount of money that they're willing to pay. Then the next part is, is there anybody else that we know of who's willing to pay more? So you, you push out the offer, you talk to all the parties who are interested, you get feedback from everybody, you know, are you guys interested? Are you interested? No, 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 no. See if there's any other offers out there. So now we know it's the highest price that they're willing to pay. We know that there's no other offers out there. Then we look at the data. Does the data support this? Are there any other active listings that aren't selling? Has there been any sales? Have there been any sales at all during your listing period? Maybe that's something else that you got to look at, but does the data support that price? And if all those three things are in line, then I recommend the seller that that's the best offer and it's up to them to decide to take it or not, right? And if it's fair and reasonable, then that means sometimes the seller's price is just not the right price. And every real estate agent has to deal with that at one point or another. But the seller's price is your price too, right? As the listing. No, agent. never. Oh, never. Like, I mean, I don't have a price. If it was my price, I'd give everybody $5 million and send them on their way. Right? The no, government. but you don't get to pick the, I don't the have price, price the buyer's going to pay. But I don't you don't have a price. You don't have a price. I never you don't have, have a suggested retail How sticker price? price. I'm not the buyer. MSRP price? No, the, mar the market dictates the price. I'm not, I'm not the one with the price. If it was my price, if it was up to me, everyone would get way more than they want. And they would tell all their friends and give me five-star Google reviews. So what's uh, the current strategy? Like, do we just look at the most current, highest the cost? The current strategy is to be the best price property in the neighborhood. By how much? By enough to make sure that the clear decision is, because every property is different, but to make sure that it's a very clear. So condos, you could be 10 grand cheaper than the identical unit, something silly like that. But you know, in a house, 
you know, maybe you're a bigger house, but you're priced the same as a smaller house or renovated and unrenovated, whatever, but you got to look at the. So, and the strategy is not to go like, we're going to list it at 899, but we're willing to take 850 and let's see what happens. We, if we're willing to take 850, we go at 850 and hope that we don't get. Oh, beat. I see what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Don't, What's don't, the strategy? don't, don't go. I'm going to ask for more just to see like for negotiation purposes. Now, that being said, maybe there are some examples where that works because you're in a market where there's no inventory and that you can, you know, pad the pad the asking price a little bit just to kind of see what the market says. But I'm setting it up so that after two weeks, we're reanalyzing what the market's doing because you can't be caught in this market for very long sitting around. So what do you do in a situation where like you have somebody who wants to list a property and it's it's the only listing in the area, but there's one other one that's been sitting forever and they keep dropping the price. And like, what do you do? But 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 like theirs is definitely worse than yours. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, like, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? You be the best price property in the area. I, I have one coming up. Do you have to even that. beat that guy? The one the one that the painter's on. I'm not I'm not basing it just on that. I'm looking at the sales, I'm looking at the data, I'm looking at the year over years, I'm looking at the fact that one property's my property backs onto a hydro field. That's what I'm the, saying. Like the that, other ones don't. So oh, we're going oh, on right. at the best price in the neighborhood. That's it. And the market will tell us well, what it's hydro worth. field, no matter what market you're in, this is like it's a tough sale. Right? This is tough the play. Sale. Yeah, you're not going multiples when you're backing onto the hydro line. Exactly. So I'm looking at it like how how do we make sure that we price this at a point that makes sense. That's a, that's a, it's a fair and reasonable price. It's much higher than it would have been in 2020. So that's not, good. So there, yeah. we know that there's some appreciation. So, but I'm asking about the reverse situation where your house is good. The one you want to list is good, but there's a shitter on the market for like 65 days that just won't sell because like it's one that would have gone like it's a crazy. loaded It's a loaded question. I, I, you could yeah, price that's it. What, I'm what do you do? You could price it at the same as them. You could. Same as them, but you they're could. destroying everything. But they haven't sold. No, but they're dropping their pants like uh But they, like but a, they, well, mm, guess what? It, like nothing what? matters more than the desperation of your neighbors. Yes, nothing matters more. If you've got a bunch of bad you neighbors. You should buy your neighbor and just if say, you're, stop if, the bleeding. If your Everybody buy the neighbor. Going, if your neighbors are all, you know, getting scared and they need to get money and they're all death to divorce all the reasons that be moving out of the country and they all start selling their houses you didn't pick the wrong agent you picked the wrong neighbors the wrong neighborhood yeah but is is there a neighborhood like that like i i hear like a lot of people in lee side are getting divorced i don't know where that came I from but heard i that heard from. that it makes sense to me i don't know i i feel that like makes a little bit of sense viewers anybody who's listening right now if you're living in you know lee side you know go you know call your husband or wife and let them know that you love them Actually, you know what I wanted to do, and we should have done it earlier. Uh, hopefully, yeah. there's still people watching at this point. But yeah. guys, if whoever's out there, let us know in the comments like who you are. Are you an investor? Are you a realtor? Are you a buyer? Are you a developer? Like we want to get a better idea of who our listeners are, so that maybe you know we can talk about things that might be interesting to you if we mm -hmm. don't already, which is probably a likely scenario. Anyway, sorry. Mr. Like, Mr. like comment, subscribe. Um, <clears throat> the uh, story that I was telling was what about pricing? That, yeah, pricing. I, there's no, there's no, there's no clear answer, Dale. Strategy, mm -hmm. strategies. Pricing well, is strategies. Are, it's not a science. Have you seen? Have you been like that guy did a good job on that listing? Yes. Like, priced it right. Like, what's Beautiful. good now? What are guys doing now to stand out these days? They're they're priced ahead of the market that's you know? it it's just the goddamn price you're not doing like drone videos and you know <clears> depending depending on the property marketing, marketing do, budgets are exploding like what we, the hell we, we we have all that as well too i'm just letting you know i'm just letting you know that doesn't matter how much you know marketing or staging or uh painting or 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 right. landscaping that <laughs> you have if you have the wrong price buyers aren't going to want to come and see it I think no matter what the situation is, people should pay more if there are in-ground sprinklers. Trust me. This is a luxury item yeah. that is like no other, except yeah. for that robot vacuum you bought me.
That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Good. Still works, man. Crazy. Okay, yeah. what else is going on out there? So people are saying things are kind of turn looking like they're turning around. We're like peak inflation. And I don't understand how that's even possible at this point. I mean, we had a number that was like 0.3% lower than the expectation and everybody thinks things are turning. Although the bond market has uh, turned considerably from the, the, the a, rate, the rate, the rate hikes are probably coming close to an end, right? Like they're not, it doesn't look like we're going to be going up into the stratosphere of rates. I feel I like the terminal, the, termi the terminal rate is going to be slightly above neutral three, two, five, three point five, something like that. That's, I think what the market's pricing in right now. I think we hit the terminal rate. We just haven't felt its effects yet. And just like the same later, it's going to be too late and too fucked up. And that, but and like, that they, you think they're going to overshoot it then? I don't know what they're going to do. You think right now like, they should stop, but they're going to overshoot it and continue. No, I, I no. think, I, I don't think they're going to stop now. I think they're going to raise again. And then I think maybe they'll coast for a little bit and see what yeah. happens. But I think they've already done a ton of damage and we just haven't seen it yet. Like, Jobs, we lost like over 70,000 jobs in the last two yeah. months, right? Yeah, look at Amazon, 100,000, you know, all the tech firms and stuff like that, Shopify, like everybody's cleaning house right now. Everybody's getting killed. And if they're yeah. not cleaning house, they're putting freezes on hiring, right? Yeah. So, so but but the, it's like weird. It's like people are kind of moving from sector to sector. Like there's certain sectors that actually gained um mm -hmm. And there's sectors that are like dying for labor look at the, right Look now. at the hospitals. How is healthcare right? on the decline? Like they're all just like, fuck this shit. I'm going somewhere yeah. else, I think. Like, like that's crazy. Like one, like doctor shortages throughout Canada is like a big issue. Now, major, though, major, major now? issue. I, yeah. And my, um, oh, my yeah, uh, little sister is uh, applying for med school uh, now, right? And great. So she'll be a doctor next, in eight years. It's next to impossible for somebody to get into Canadian med schools, right? Like it is, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's a very tough challenge. And, and a lot of the people who do get in may not even stay here in Canada. So you have to go abroad. And then when you go abroad, guess what happens? You get, you know, lifestyle outside of the country. And all of a sudden you, you might end up working in one of those other countries. So that's something that I think is, it needs to be improved on. Um, you know, importing nurses. I mean, I'm sure that that's, possible i'm sure there's lots of you know skilled you know nursing candidates out there that you know the government could be working on but i think really yeah, what it you is, have to is shuttle them in from somewhere they can afford to live yeah one of, one of the things and that's the truth too it's hard for it's hard for them to uh to afford to live here the, i think the main thing is just the the burnout from the last couple of years working all those hours they're all tired and they're all just they're they're retiring early they're they're basically just saying enough is enough and people aren't really well, that's like, a lot of it yeah. keen on, keen on getting retirement in. yeah but but what's 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 even worse i mean than the job losses and and our actual unemployment rate is the participation amount of people mm -hmm. in the market is dropping like crazy and like yeah. people are just like i love how they <laughs> i love how they include in the unemployment rate people who just aren't looking for a job right now but you know what? How many people are out there and over the last two years started making a decent living by making YouTube videos or, or, or selling stuff on Shopify or whatever the hell they are doing right now mm -hmm. that they don't even report to their local government or yeah. maybe in the last couple months just recently had to start reporting stuff to their government as rules have changed. But like, what about all these people that are out there that are just, they're making more money than ever, maybe. Or CRA is cracking down on that. So you're right. There'll be some people who will remain but they're unreported. they're not unemployed. CRA is cracking down on that. Yeah. So okay. there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff happening right now for taxes and uh, the government's trying to make sure that they collect uh, as much taxes owed as possible. And they're hitting everybody in every area, especially housing. We didn't talk about this, but especially housing, because what happens when you fully renovate a property? Are you asking me a question? Yeah. What do you mean? What, what happens? happens when you fully renovate a property? You go in there and you, you spend got a lot the, of damn money. You got you got out the 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 installation, the 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 drywall, the wiring. Get some credits. Are you asking about these credits the government are given? Like as uh, no. When incentive? you sell that property, yeah. it's subject to HST. When you renovate it. Yeah. 
any Only substantial renovation, any substantial renovation, which doesn't have to be like putting on a second story, but it includes that. It can just be a full gut reno on a Roncesvalles semi and you're subject to HST. So when you go to sell that property and you think, well, I'm making all this money and you find out later on that. Oh, the price was inclusive <clears throat> of HST. <clears throat> and the price was inclusive that you didn't get it from the buyer. The seller's on the hook. Right. So what happens there? The buyer so the has government... to pay it? No. Um, good question. All right. Yeah. If it's inclusive of HST, no. No. Well, the the buyer. Oh no! Right. It comes. It's inclusive. Out, the, right? seller so the seller. The seller. Seller just lost a thirteen percent of, of that yeah. money. Right. You divide the price by one point one three. Oh well, I mean, I imagine that should come up in the discussion with the realtor before pricing the house. Well, not a not a lot of realtors are, are very experienced in accounting, Daryl. It's but not. Is this it's an not accounting in the thing? Is this an This isn't in the course. This is all the fucking stuff about septic it's, tanks. And, no, 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 no. And Sorry, tunnels. It's not, in, and... it's not in the initial course that I took, which I I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what the course is today. It's not in the initial course that I took. Um, it is in some of the Rico update courses, though. Yeah. So you are you are supposed to know about this. It. Is a very important factor if you're about to sell a renovated house or brand new house, right, or anything like that. Yeah, like this yeah. is a major factor. Yeah. So again, anyways, they're cracking down. The big thing is these builders who build the properties, no tarry on warranty. They say, I'm living in it. And then they don't want to pay HST. You know those guys, Daryl? I am one of them, TK. <laughs> I right? got busted. This I is got, what it is. Oh, this is what First it is. house I did, that went okay. The next two, tarry on uh, was put on to me by my angry realtor. Yeah. So this is what it is. You've got, you've got, you know, HST requirements on new homes and substantially renovated homes. And so the government's going to look at that. They're also going to look at, um, how do we get onto this? Not, not, um, not claimed, uh, sales, right? So if you've got capital gains, but you don't tell anybody that you sold the property, you know, the CRA is looking into it. They got a lot of people sitting around these offices in Sudbury, just looking for people who haven't paid their taxes. Oh, they're, they're looking coming for to people now. They need, yeah. They need money right now. They Pay are coming money to collect. Back. So hold on a sec. So we touched right. on this a little while back. I don't know how we got onto this topic, but Sorry, people so. are deciding to take their houses off the market and put them into the rental pool. Yes. Because our next issue, the rental market is fucking crazy right now. I'm hearing mm. stuff. Tom's story, I think, put out a video, said 12 to 20 offers on, on downtown Toronto rentals right now. Yeah. This is, this is, who's renting this stuff? Who's here? Who's coming so fast? What's going on with the rental market? This is Yeah, I don't, have the, I don't have the stats on it, but I imagine mm. it's just the same exact people who are trying to buy all those houses in the beginning of the year. Is it not and, like uh, the students? Students coming back? The students take up the low-end things, right? And kind of push everybody up. We put... We got a site where the guy did a church uh, conversion and, uh, you know, some of the pricing in the building is not where he needed it to be. And uh, so one of my partners is leasing them out. And uh, there's definitely a lot of activity. A lot of, a lot of people want to get into these units and want to be able to rent a place. And it's, uh, it's interesting to say the least, you know, how far that rental market can really go. Right. I'm not in that in that space as often, but definitely there's there's a there's a ton of demand right now, which just shows that there's demand for housing. Once once interest rates even show a sign of slowing down and and some media outlet picks up that, you know, prices may have hit a bottom. Wait till you see all the people rush back into the market. You cannot. I've told you this for two years. Yeah. You cannot stop Toronto buyers. They will not stop wanting to buy Toronto real estate. Only when uh -huh. you take away their financial capabilities will they slow down just a little bit. That's it. When they until they the figure it out. Exactly. So no, until they adjust. So right. like I'm gonna get a three bedroom, I'm gonna get a three bedroom detach, I'm gonna get a three bedroom detach in the core. I'm gonna get a three bedroom detach in the core uh, fully renovated. And then boom, you take away their um uh qualifying qualifying um amount. And then they said, oh a semi and Pickering, geez, that's not okay. And they're like, well, maybe one day I'll just afford a detached three bedroom that's not renovated. Maybe I'll just get a semi three bedroom in the core that's 
not renovated. Well, maybe I'll get a townhouse in Scarborough. You know what? Semis in Pickering. It's not so bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm moving to Pickering. Okay. And now they bought townhouse it. in Pickering. Psych- looking pretty psychologically, good. Psychologically, yeah, yeah. they figured it out what they need to do, and then they end up buying what they know they can get, and that just oh takes a God. few months. But now, like a townhouse in Pickering must be like three thousand bucks a month on a mortgage, or thirty five hundred bucks on probably, a mortgage. Yeah, probably. Holy. Yeah. Hundred or something. Can you imagine? And and so somebody, I saw somebody put out a, a tweet where they were like, actually, he was on the show before, Luke from uh, Market Mania. Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get so him he, back on. Yeah. So he put up a, a, a map, and he was showing like. A price on this side of the border in Ontario, like Niagara Falls is like 550000 and gets like 1900 bucks a month for rent. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, like an eight minute or 10 minute drive away. But on the, on the New York side, the house sells for like 244 and gets 1800 bucks a month rent. And he's like, mm-hmm. what the hell's going on? It's like five minutes around the corner. I mean, it's across a border too, but, uh, I get, I get his message though. Well, but so he says it's like uh, predatory lending. That's the issue and realtors that are pumping up all the markets. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. The buyers control the market. If the buyers are going to pay five fifty on this side of the border, the buyers are kind because, of like, it's because there's more than one of them who's willing to do it. They're, they're like, they're like, you know, when you watch your, your kids when they're really little play soccer and they just, yeah. they all run and it's like, it's like, they're all in single family houses and now fuck, we can't afford single family houses. So they're all like, okay, everybody go to semis. Let's go. Let's go to semis. <laughs> now, but okay. if you look at the numbers, like pr- how did prices of semis, average price of semis and townhouses month over month, they went up. Okay. Yep. Toronto single family went down, but those other two segments and condos, condos went really up. Like that's a dynamic of readjusting in the market, isn't it? That the yeah. lower price points all of a sudden are up. Like you, right. you go and you, you whether it's while listings true, are going down, whether while it's listings true are going down. or not, right? Whether it's true or not, remember the buyers who are buying have been researching for the last six to twelve months, so they're programmed to think a certain price point for a certain type of house. So when they go back to their bank and the bank says, you know what, instead of a $400,000 mortgage, you're only going to get a $325,000 mortgage. They say, well, now I won't, I can't afford a detach. I'm okay with a semi. Let's just target semis. And they start looking at semis. Reality is some detach may have also come down into their price point that they just don't know about. But bottom line is they're all focusing on those lower end properties. And then what the other side of this is what I told you, there's a whole bunch of people coming into the market now for various reasons who weren't in the market before. Including the evil investors. Not a lot of investors are in the market right now. The way oh. the way that the, the 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 rookie novice investors are not in the market right now. What about yeah. guys with cash that are just buying houses for? They're cash? coming in absolutely. Yeah, they're calling me and saying like, "Okay, wow, this is what I've been waiting for." Yeah, cash time, cash yeah. time, refi. Yeah. Find later. me a deal. Find me a cash. deal. Find me somebody who's in need of selling, and I'm and I'm here to to buy it up, and they know what they're doing. So the one thing that we still need to talk about that we haven't talked about, and we've okay. talked about a lot, TK, a Seven lot. Seven and a half minutes worth. Let's go. You you talk about it as much as you want. This next potential, I think it's the next potential deferral cliff, but Ooh. some people think it may be something coming Ooh. down. The oh, that here. deferral click, that that worked out. Ooh, that, that was one, scary that for one. Three that weeks. was nuts. Oh my God. Massive. Oh, so massive. Now we have the, sales. Uh, what are we calling it now? Trigger the, rates. Uh, the trigger rates. Yeah. The trigger I sent you that rates. NBC article. Can you put our national bank article? You sent me nothing, TK. You sent uh, me. Oh, I didn't nothing. send it to you. I. It's okay. I, um, Telepathically, you can send yeah. it to me later because it's way easier to edit if we don't share the screen. Don't share a screen. Okay. Sorry. I won't share. I'll it. edit it later. Okay. But national. I'll bank. reference it here. Here. Great. National Bank put out a chart and it just showed where the trigger rate will be. And the highest rates were in Q3 of 2019, I believe. And the lowest rates would have been in Q1 of 2022. Anyways, they posted where those trigger rates will be uh, based on, you know, the the, uh, overnight rate. And they don't expect that to happen this year. Is there a re-trigger of the trigger if it goes back the other way? 
I mean, not that you're a no, mortgage. No, because then the contract the the triggers rate, and it's based and it's based off of you know the amount of money that you owe and and what uh, and what your uh, discount is on the prime rate, right? So everyone's got that trigger rate already built into their contract. So once it hits that point, you know the, the bank says, "Look, you're not paying off uh, enough all of it, all it, of your it, principal or any of your principal." So we need to increase this and re-amortize it back to the schedule to show that you're going to be paying off a certain amount of money over that 25 years. So your mortgage is paid off. Is the trigger when you get to a point where you are no longer paying down like any principal? I think so. I think it's you're no longer paying any principal and it's all interest. All I could, interest? I could be wrong. It could be, it could be it must like- must be a little before that. Yeah, it might, it might be it might before that. So, so, I mean, for some, that's got to be kind of scary because I don't think anybody was really expecting the rate hikes to be as uh, hard and deep and fast as they've been, right? I mean, what, I wonder, has this ever been an issue ever before? Or is this no, trigger rate a it. response? Never right. It's a, but the trigger rate must be in response the, to the last time this happened where rates went fear, up fast. It's the fear-mongering media. No, but it's Let a it, thing. It's in it's the contracts. I know it's a thing. How, for how many people though? Like, um, is this not very many. No? Not very many. Yeah, because even the amount of people who have a variable rate, not an adjustable rate, not a fixed rate, but actually have a variable rate, where this is like a fixed payment, consistently paying the same amount every month, but their uh, interest and principal ratios are are getting, um, you know, adjusted accordingly. Um, it's a small. It's a, it's a smaller group of people. I think I we what, should. What are the numbers? I think it was. <clears throat> 15 to 20% something like that of mortgages are going to hit the uh yeah and then and then what we're what we're saying okay so just just what the fear mongering uh people are Who's saying, saying 15 20% of people are having this type of mortgage where this will actually where there where a trigger rate will oh, actually where there's even them. a trigger rate then you have to say to yourself okay well how many of those people can't afford their new rate They've well, been or how many tests. of them at, will actually hit their trigger rate? Like there's well, that many people that all have of them it. do. All of them? Let's just say all of them do. Okay. So Whoa. now all these mortgages come due. Then right. what? All how these, many can't afford people, the increase? Like, are all going to be broke? They just all of a sudden can't afford their mortgages. Maybe people have really small mortgages that they just, that they can afford three times that mortgage. Their, tr their uh, stress tests based on their income at the time of qualifying said that they could afford 20% more. So why would that not be the same today? Sure, and you're allowed to fix it. When the trigger rate gets hit, one of the options is that you're allowed to fix your, your rate now. You can go to, back to a fix yeah, anytime you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can just say, hey, yeah, okay, here you go. This is what my, my rate will be based on the post. So I think, I think our first two t-shirts for the merch store, TK, mm. one should be like, I fell off the deferral cliff. Nice. Right? And yep. the other one should be... Um, I, victim, I got, victim of the victim trigger of, rates, right? <laughs> triggered, <laughs> triggered. Yeah, we're laughing. Triggered. We're laughing, not in an insensitive way, because you know these are real scenarios that we would never want anyone to happen. But the fact we're laughing because it's one of these storylines that people are putting out there in, in the bear camp to say this is why everything is going to crash, and Listen, it could happen. Listen, it's a fear. It's a fear. Happen. A national a fear. bank. They did a report that said it won't. I'm going to take National Bank's report over what I read on Twitter. Well, I mean, listen, when we're doing calculations here, like off the cuff, it like there's a month over month decline of 5%, which yeah. you actually took down one point something percent from the actual current month's numbers, right? Yeah. So you're being generous. It could go the other way where it's even higher, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you figure out what the hell to do, I guess? If you have to sell, you have to sell now. And if you have to buy, like everybody thinks rates are going up another 0.751%, like uh, the only in a month, right? Like, are people not jumping into whatever the fuck they can right now? The only thing I can say, and it's uh, it's a it's good investment advice, I think, in every in every area of any asset, okay, is when you need the money sell your property when you need a place to live buy one but it used to be when you need money just refinance your property well if you can refinance it but if you need all if you need more than that Times money are changing you need more than that money you, you're a seller people who sell it's because they need the money 
I've never met right. anybody who thought, you know, I'm just going to sell the property because, you know, I, I got lots of money. I got lots of things going on and, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's too much money and I, I just want to add more to it. No, there's always yeah. like, I'm going to put it into another property. I'm going to invest it in this. I'm going to retire. I'm going to help my kids. There's always a reason to sell. And if you have that reason to sell, sell, move on with life, enjoy yourself, take that money and put it into something else. If you go and buy another asset, all the markets are down. You, you're going to end up benefiting from any appreciation you would get elsewhere. My final you notes, don't end up with any money. What if, if you're you upside down money and you don't what if you bought then, in you know, February, you're, you're saving yourself from, you know, potentially bankruptcy. Worse. And stress. Yeah, <laughs> right. seriously. And then my final sort of answer here to everybody on the rental side is you're, you know, you're going to trigger capital gains if you end up getting that money back later on. Right. So if you're thinking about selling and you're worried about the amount of money and you're going to rent and all that kind of stuff, what happens if you don't get that price? Your, your house was worth a million dollars in February, 2022. The market drops 40%, worst case scenario. Now it's worth 600. In order for it to go up another 400,000 back to where it was, okay? That's, um, what would that be? 66% return, okay? And the average increase in the real estate market, five, 6% a year. So you're talking about like eight or nine years before you get back to 1 million. You're going to rent it out for that long and pay capital gains on that money and deal with all the tenants nonsense because you're yeah. too proud yeah. of, of selling for less money than you could have what your neighbors got. It just doesn't make sense to me, but I don't know. Right everybody now? should make the decision based on their own situation, not because of what the realtors are telling you or the media is telling you, look at your own situation and you'll be this very happy. What I would do. Yeah. Do I hear what I would do? Tell me. If I was in that situation, I would especially in Toronto right now, like a single family house yeah. for, for a, a monthly rental is like what? At least three grand if it's small. Okay. Maybe yep. more than that. At least, yeah. So let's say three grand. I can rent my house for three grand to somebody for a couple of years. Nice family comes in, they pay three grand. I'm going to Mexico and I'm paying like 1500 bucks a month rent and I'm riding out the storm and I'm chilling out on a beach collecting rent on my house and hopefully, no well, I mean, you still have income. From? Me Pesos? personally? Well, yeah, listen, I'll go tie people's braids on the beach and drive <laughs> a cab and, uh, and I'll, I'll get tips for, for being a good tour guy. I'll make money anywhere, TK. It's not I know the you would. I know you would. I know you would. But, but you Darryl, our, conversa our conversation today has been excellent. Yeah. I'm, heading, now. I'm heading I'm heading to uh, the core. I got to go to Midtown, so. Enjoy yourself, TK. You're the best. It's always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I can't be the best when I'm sharing a room with you, but well, outside of this tied. room, we're tied for best. We are tied for best, TK. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. You have a good day, sir. You too. Bye.